Okay, everyone. Uh, I really want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, my name is Peter James, and I have my co-host here. Want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Kalante. All right. Um, and I, I really want you guys to uh, enjoy this session uh, called Get It Poppin', where we're talking about uh, things that can help you execute uh, mindset uh, career-wise, and we're tying in tech with this. So I hope you enjoy. Before we get into everything, uh, let's you know introduce ourselves, right? So, Kalante, I'll let you go first. Introduce yourself and just uh, let everyone know who you are. Definitely. All right. So, my name is Kalante. Um, software engineer. I've been in tech about seven years now. So yeah. So I help organizations discover insights into their data. You know, answer questions with visualizations um, and reports. Um, and also, I make sure that you know. They have the right access controls um, in place so that, you know, people that need to use the application are actually authorized to use it. So uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I just want to say I'm a creator. So anything I put my mind to, I actually just figure out how to do it and execute. Uh, right now, I'm focused on cybersecurity, uh, medical device security, uh, cloud security specifically, and uh, blockchain security. Uh, right now, um, on a consulting firm, and I help companies uh, secure their data in the cloud and also secure their medical devices. Uh, that's what I'm focused on now. But again, um, I do a lot of different things, so uh, don't want to put myself in a box. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, Kalante, I mean, let's let's get into it, right? So uh, you actually went viral a few. What was it yesterday? Yeah. On a tweet, you want to kind of talk about that? And yeah. What? So. Um Last week, I had an interview for um, a senior software engineer position. Okay. And, you know, they had me do, like, a technical assessment. So this is where they're, you know, looking through my resume, asking me questions um, about my experience. Okay. They also, you know, give me a coding assessment as well, like, to just to see, like, my mindset and process and how I tackle, you know, solving software problems. Okay. So um, I ended up getting an offer for 155000 Okay. Um. And I felt that felt that it was like too low, like okay. for the range for what they was asking for, because there was they were looking for a full stack engineer, you know, someone that writes front end applications, um, back end logic like APIs. Okay. Um, also, they wanted someone that actually can lead the team, you know, you know, help other junior engineers rise up, and also um, basically like define like work that needs to be you know worked on. You know, okay. like in Jira, like sort of like a scrum master, pretty. They much. They wanted pretty much a, a magician. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Once I wanted hundred and fifty thousand. Exactly. <laughs> and not only that, they didn't have any um, QA testers, so they wanted engineers to not only like write unit tests but also do integration testing as well. So okay. I feel like it was pretty much like three roles in one role. Okay. And I feel like for the, for that specific role, like the price range should should have been two hundred thousand, like minimum for okay. sal base salary. 155k is way too low. <laughs> and so t talk about, I mean, the importance that I want to highlight is knowing your worth, mm -hmm. making sure that you're in the position to assess kind of like what's going on yeah, um, and make the determination that what they were offering didn't really match the skill set needed to fulfill that job. Right. And I think that's a skill that's really important to have mm -hmm. and you were you were put in the position with your skill set and experience to help kind of navigate that path right. and provide that information to you know that particular employer to say, mm -hmm. hey, look, I understand 
this is what you're offering. Mm-hmm. But the skill set that's needed to to you know fulfill this position is should be around this salary range. Right. And so, did you tell that to them? And if so, like, what was their response? Yeah. So, like, um, I just got the offer like okay. Friday. So, okay. oh, this is new. <laughs> yeah, so it's not off new. the press. Okay. Yeah. So, right. like, okay. um, when I talked to the HR manager on Monday, I'm actually gonna, you know, express Bring that all up. that. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. I I think it's you know, when you're younger, you you know you see different price tags on mm-hmm. salary, right? And you know you. Instantly jump to that, right? Mm-hmm. You think, okay, now I made it. Exactly. You know, when you're young or just because you come from a different environment, exactly. right? And I think we've been trained to just, mm-hmm. you know, take what's given to us mm-hmm. without really assessing what it is that we're providing. Exactly. You like, know, I had that problem before. Like um, when I first got into tech, my first my first tech job was a hundred thousand. Like they just threw the number out there, and I'm I'm just like, okay, like this. I never seen that type of money ever in my life. Okay. So I felt like. What they were really asking for, like after the fact, I was like, "Yeah, this is way higher than, you know, what they gave me. Like they should have gave me way more." But I didn't know that. Like I didn't have, you know, anyone guiding me on, you know, what to look for in a role and like how to actually negotiate like your worth. And that's a good segue. I mean, uh, negotiating your worth, but also you mentioned something. How did you get into the tech? So I mean, at least at least I want to highlight that point. Mm-hmm. Like. What got you into tech? How did you come to be who you are today? Definitely. Um, so when I first got to college, um, I just said I wanted to build like applications. Like I always thought like mobile apps was like really like cool. So um when I first got to Bowie State University, that's what I, I started out with. Um, you know, I actually started out with computer science and I ended up switching to <laughs> computer tech. Okay. Because okay. like I was talking to my professor and they was like, um, you know, she didn't want me, have me in like just this bubble where I'm just programming. She wanted me to know like how to how the infrastructure works, how to actually secure your system. So um, I started doing like system administration, setting up window, Windows servers, Linux servers, um, working with the cloud, just setting up email servers, just like endless servers, everything. And then um, I took this this web programming class about my junior year in college. Okay, and I feel like that just opened up everything because it was like I kept trying to get like roles as far as like help desk just to break in and tech. Yeah. But nothing was falling through. Soon as I, you know, gained some experience with programming, um, I started adding that to my resume. And next thing you know, like recruiters just blowing up my phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's <laughs> how it just happened. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I was like, fi- like it just took me like having to program to finally break in because I feel like the demand for programmers is so high. Like they can't fill the roles at this point right now. Like, it's a shortage in tech talent. It, it is. And, like, I think, you know, how I broke into tech is is similar. Mm-hmm. Like, I started tinkering and stuff when I was super young. I'm yeah, talking, yeah. like, I'm breaking. And my sister, my dad, you know, I'm giving my age here, but my sister, uh, she got a boom box for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know what that is, it's a big radio. Um, and um, I actually, man, I took that apart. Because I wanted to know how it works. So I took it apart, yeah. put it back together. Uh, only because my, you know, my dad was like, yo, you did this. You got to put it back together. My sister was crying. So, you know, I had to figure it out. And I always wanted to understand how things work. Even like the remote control fascinated me. So mm-hmm. I see somebody changing remote control. I'm like, yo, how does this red light change the channel? So I'm I'm opening up the remote <laughs> control. You know, I'm like, yo, what is this? So that's how I was throughout yeah. the, like the, my life, really, mm-hmm. just figuring out how things work. 
So when I got to college, um, I was in both like uh, computer engineering technology and electrical engineer. But none of my friends, like my real friends, they no one was in the tech. Yeah. So actually, like a lot of the people I hung out with didn't really know what I did in college. Mm-hmm. They would see me, you know, at yeah. social events and had no idea that I majored in computer engineering technology and, and electrical engineering mm-hmm. until I graduated and they saw like the the degree. Yeah. But um, I had to get it was like over six hundred people applied for this. Uh, internship, first cybersecurity internship mm-hmm. that uh, the one of the Department of the Government uh, provided, and I had to make straight A's for two semesters to even put myself in a position to get the internship. So, and I was taking eighteen hours. That's crazy. So you know <laughs> that's how I you know, yeah. but the mindset, the push. So mm-hmm. as I got into that. It opened a lot of doors, long story short. And mm-hmm. I started just pushing the envelope mm-hmm. from cybersecurity. I started as a network engineer. I got into cybersecurity because, you know, a lot of the network engineers were complaining that the cybersecurity specialists didn't know about layer three. Yeah. And so <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of people going back and forth. And I'm like, I'm seeing all this play out. I'm like, okay, the future is cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Like I'm around when Carrier IQ went off, which is like the uh, vulnerability that came on your phone where mm-hmm. you were able to detect all, you know, geolocation, everything else. Big frenzy in the government, by yeah. the way. So that came out. I'm there, like, mm-hmm. helping, you know, understand what's going on and how how it affect the, the, the team. So um, that's how I broke into tech. What brought me up to this level mm-hmm. was the consistency, mm-hmm. the drive, continuing that, you know, urge to figure out, like, how are, how is this working? And I think that's really important that, you know, we need to talk about yeah. mindset, right? Right. So, like, take me through the mindset that, that brought you to where you are today. Like, what what does that look like? Yeah, so um, I'm a former athlete, I think. Okay. When you're an athlete, you got to have that mindset, like, you got to work out every day, you know, okay. like, put yourself in a position where your body is, like, just ready to go to war, like... So, like, I feel like I transferred a lot of the mindset I had as being an athlete into, you know, like, getting into tech and actually, like, making a, a living for myself. Like, I just had that mindset, like, I have to have a goal and I have to, like, actually, like, put in action daily, like, remain consistent, like, to get to that goal. If I don't do that, I'm not going to get where I need to go. Exactly. No, you, you make a good point. And I was in sports as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, not necessarily just being in sports to get you that, but having some type of consistency in your mm-hmm. life for a period of time yeah. so that you can understand what patience looks like, what, you know, you know, exponential growth looks like in mm-hmm. physical development. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can take that and apply it to different things. Exactly. And when you look at, like, tech, right, um, I, always, I always mapped – the human brain to, you know, a computer mm-hmm. or the universe to a computer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like as you're grown as you're born as a, a child or a baby, you have minimal programming, mm-hmm. right? It's not until you experience different things, either from your parents or your surroundings right. or your daily tasks, that you know how to do other things. So you're like downloading information. Mm-hmm. Same as what a computer does right. when they want to complete the task. Like if you don't have Microsoft Word 
on your, you know, <laughs> on your desktop mm -hmm. and you're trying to write a paper, you know, this is obviously before, you know, Google, OneDrive and all this other stuff. Right. It's difficult for you to complete that type of task because mm -hmm. you don't have the software needed to do that. Exactly. And this is the same thing that we can apply to the tech industry, mm -hmm. right? Or just learning and, uh, you know, applying your knowledge mm -hmm. in general. Right. I feel like you need to establish the the, the application. Mm-hmm. In your software within your body, right. which you can do through consistency, learning, mm -hmm. and you know uh, applying that right. to be able to do these things. So uh, let's talk to me about your consistency. Like mm -hmm. as you got into the tech industry, you know we, we both established. Um, talk to me the the turning point for you. Like cause I know what it is to me, but like for you, like when did the light click that says okay. I, I'm here, I should be there, and let me map that out. Mm -hmm. When did that click for you? Yeah, so like, I kept bombing interviews, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you, and I okay. just, I felt like it was like a, a learning curve, so I felt like I had to be in a constant state of learning to get to where I want to go. So like, I just started learning everything I can get my hands on if I, as far as tech, and okay. I didn't limit myself to anything. Like, I'm learning, you know, business intelligence, um, security, cloud how to write software, how to understand like, you know, root cause analysis, like to get to the root to like of a problem. Um, I feel like all of those different skills are so very important. And not only that, just like understanding how to deal with different types of people. Like I feel like emotional intelligence is so very important because you need to be able to, you know, keep your composure and, you know, being able to communicate effectively to get your point across when you're into different like situations when you work and you're working on different tasks. And I just feel like you gotta, you know, do something daily to, you know, maintain that consistency and to get to where you want to be in life. I, I agree. I think um my, my turning point for me is similar to yours. Um as I mentioned, you know, in college, mm -hmm. uh, there was one class I didn't do particularly do well in, and it didn't put my GPA where it needed to be. Yeah. So as I went to different uh, college fairs, um, I wasn't in the position to showcase my skill sets mm -hmm. uh, because you know the recruiters were looking at GPA first, mm -hmm. and um, I knew at that point in time I had to you know make some changes. Yeah. And I did. And it got me in the door to, to kind of showcase the talents. Mm -hmm. And I think that analysis is is overlooked. And mm -hmm. you touched on something really important, emotional intelligence. It's not always about your IQ, oh, yeah. but it's always about your EQ. Yeah. How well you can re read the room, how well you can communicate effectively, how well that you can, you know, position yourself. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Michael Jordan is the best player is one of the best players that we've seen play the game. LeBron James is one of the best players that we've seen play the game, right? Mm -hmm. But how many people that you know that went to your high school, right, that was very talented, but for whatever reason, they didn't get the opportunity to showcase those talents. I know a lot of those. Oh, they don't have the consistency, <laughs> yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So th there could be areas where, you know, you go to a court and somebody mm -hmm. just as good, if not better, but they not in that position. They didn't take those steps. Mm -hmm. They didn't have that consistency exactly. to showcase what they had. So I think it's really important for people to assess the situation and be honest mm -hmm. with yourself. Right. To to be able to say, okay, you know what? I need to change this. 
I'm not I'm not able to, you know, even show people what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck now having to uh, apply for these type of jobs because I don't have the skill set to get those type of jobs. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to break down one of the, you know, most overlooked statements that yeah. we that we hear uh, came to me on the way here. And it's about everyone has the same 24 hours, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we talked about this because I don't think, okay, I, I think that we can agree mm-hmm. that we measure time in a 24-hour period and we had that agreement. But what you are doing in those 24 hours differs on a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, your responsibilities. If you have children, it could be, you know, your circumstance, mm-hmm. right? That you probably was born into, exactly, right? So we we have agreed to measure time mm-hmm. in a 24-hour period. But within those 24 hours, you may have to do other things outside of what you want to do mm-hmm. to maintain, whether it's a nine to five job, yeah. whether it's sleep to work the nine to five job. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a cycle. So not everyone has agreed to measure time the same way. Right. Quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But within that time frame, everyone has different responsibilities. So, you know, but I will say that everyone has a choice mm-hmm. to add to what they need to do exactly. to elevate themselves within that measured time period. Mm-hmm. So if you have to get up to go to work, you know, from eight to five and you have children or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. You still have the choice to after they go to bed, stay up get up earlier while they're asleep to study, mm-hmm. you have a choice to grind to get you out of whatever situation you're Facts. in. And I think we need to start breaking that down systematically mm-hmm. so people really understand, you know, the general statement. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel like it comes down to, like, how bad you want it. Like, yeah. you can talk and say, like, you want this amount of money, you want to take all these trips, you want these designer bags, but, like, how bad do you want it? What work are you wanting to put in to get to that end result? Yeah, it comes down to that. Your mindset, like how bad you want it. That's it. And, and I agree. And, and that's you know, when I was younger, um, I was told a story about, uh, you know, one of my uncles told me this story that you know, <laughs> you know, people would take you out to the ocean at the at the you know high level within the ocean, mm-hmm. and if they put you under the water, and you you know for whatever reason you can't breathe. You fight your way to get breath. You use all your might exactly. because you need that air. Right. So take that type of energy mm-hmm. and perspective when you're fighting for your dreams. Exactly. Fighting for where you want to be in life. Mm-hmm. And if you do that and stay consistent with it, you'll never have a problem. That's what that was told to me when I was younger. Yeah. So um, that was a good 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 segue, good statement, <laughs> man. Um, but I mean, let's, let's touch on mindset. Like, so let's help you know break down. What is our mindset? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I'll start now. I'll say that, you know, mindset is, at least for me, having the right perspective on life. Mm-hmm. So understanding the situation to maybe kind of like break down how how did you get to a situation? Mm-hmm. The ability to understand your part in the situation. Exactly. And what you can do better next time because i feel like some people are in a certain situation that they're not uh you know fond of and it it makes them very sad or Mm -hmm. you know they could get depressed from that Mm -hmm. and it kills their drive Mm -hmm. so now they're not waking up they're not excited to get up and fall in love with the process of Mm -hmm. grinding and and 
doing things to the level that they want to do them at mm-hmm. and and consistency like you know if, you know we both worked out or, and work out currently right. you're not going to go in the gym one day do some ab, some you know ab exercises and walk out with a six pack nope. that's just not going to happen right exactly. it's going to take some time mm-hmm. and when you take time on your body i think really having time for your making time for your body like getting that right mm-hmm. I feel like you can apply that to so many other things Definitely. like in your life. Yeah. And that's like one of the things that you wear every day mm-hmm. that if you put some type of uh, effort into, you know, changing, mm-hmm. you can see results. And then once you do that, it's a good segue to, to using that same methodology to other parts in your life. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are your comments? Yeah, I feel like having the right perspective on how you tackle certain things is very important. Like, you said it right though, right? Like focusing on your goals mm-hmm. and and learning like what it is that needs to be done. Yeah, needs to be done. And right now, I think we had a, a place with technology to where, mm-hmm. you know, as I was coming up, you had to you know go to the library, uh, you had to read a book, mm-hmm. you had to take what comprehend that, like yeah. you know, and then apply. Mm-hmm. Now you can watch you know a show like this or a podcast like this to where people are giving you the game mm-hmm. at a high level. And then you can, you know, go online and search it more and then start executing. But I think the like logically, um, like I wrote a park an ebook yeah. called um How Not to Procrastinate. Yeah. And it was a it's a funny thing, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, some people that I know are procrastinators. And they procrastinate so much that they would buy the course. And won't do it. And won't do it. <laughs> and <laughs> never <it> started. <laughs> so, and that's a funny segue because, yeah. I mean, you, you start to see that the problem isn't the solution. Mm-hmm. It's the people's mindset that's, yeah. that's, that is near the solution. Because you can have the solution sitting right next to you in the room. But because your mindset is narrow or not open-minded to, you know, receive that information mm-hmm. and then start executing, mm-hmm. you won't do it. And you'll continuously blame you know, that there's no opportunities yeah. when the opportunities are there. You're just not ready to take them mm-hmm. and, and move to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, I be feeling like sometimes, like, a lot of people know what they need to do yeah. to, like, change their situation. But they just, it's like they get, they just get stuck in this mindset. Like, they just can't do it. And, like, why? I, I don't be understanding, like, why they constantly think they just can't do it. Like, you see all these people in the world, you know, going after their, their dreams and making it happen. And... You can do it too if you just apply yourself. Like it's not going, you know, like working the time you wanted to work in. Like it's it's going to happen, but not in you know the length of time you think it's going to be. No, I mean <laughs> you make a good point. It's going to happen how fast yeah you want it to happen, mm-hmm. right? Like how how well you can put the plan together mm-hmm. because you can know what you wanted to end goal, yeah. but if your plan isn't solid, you know, and you're not adjusting to mm-hmm you know, I guess mishaps or obstacles within your plan, mm-hmm. then you're not putting yourself in a position to exceed. Right. And I think that's important. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to train your mind to be very well at executing tasks. And mm-hmm. you do that by doing little stuff, even if it's stuff around the house. Like yeah. if you normally, you know, just drop your clothes on the floor or, you know, do the dishes the day after, pick your clothes up, fold them, put them in your closet, do the dishes right after you eat. 
Mm-hmm. Do little stuff. Get that momentum that you need. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Super Mario. You know, he gets the little coins and gets bigger and bigger. And then, you know, he gets the mushroom yeah. and he gets bigger and bigger. It's, it's when he's at the point right. to where he needs to have superpowers and fly around and, you know, spit mm-hmm. out the little uh, fireballs. Mm-hmm. That's he had his optimal mm-hmm. like form right now. Mm-hmm. He's gotten the things that he needed to make him grow as a person yeah. to get to the to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need to do. You need to yeah. pick up these little things mm-hmm. to get you to the point. So that's a real good topic. I want to yeah. kind of switch into more tech-related items. Mm-hmm. You know, this. We, you know, we're both in the tech field. Um, let's talk about representation in the tech. How is imp- how important is it for individuals to see people that that look mm-hmm. like you and I that probably don't meet meet the you know common Definitely. you know. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, stigma of right. what someone in tech looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is that? It's so very important. Um, you know, I feel like we always have this stigma of like people in tech is, um, you know, like maybe um, a rich white guy like Mark Zuckerberg or like uh, someone from Japan, very intelligent, you know, glasses, um, always just coding, you know, but when it comes to Black people in general, I feel like people would be thinking like these typical people are just athletes, rappers. Um, they basically think people that's wealthy only have to be a rapper or just an entertainer in general, like movie sweat, stars. Sweat like, that's it. <laughs> and I feel like it's a lot of money in tech as well, but you don't have, like, I feel like. The odds of you making it as an athlete or a rapper, musician, is really slim. It's not that, it's not a real like high percentage of you like making it. But I feel like in tech, the odds are really there. Like you can really do this. <laughs> like you can make a killing. Like you can see yeah. the, you can make just as much, if not more. I think more as, yeah. as these entertainers or athletes. Most of the, all right, let me give you an example. Like you got NFL players, right? Yeah. The average, you know, span of their career in NFL is less than four years for the average NFL player. And your body's banged up. You might have CTE. You know what I'm saying? Like, down the line, like, your your body is going to constantly deteriorate because you put your body through all that wear and tear, <clears throat> like, working out, like, super heavy every day, lifting 400-plus pounds. You know what I'm saying? Um, getting hit, you know, running backs, for example. <laughs> like, yeah. they always taking a beating. But... I feel like with tech, like you don't got to do all that. Like your body not gonna wear and tear. Like you're using mainly, it's all mental. Honestly, it's it's, it's not really physical. You're not lifting heavy things. Um, you can work anywhere in the world if you want to, and you know from the comfort of your laptop, um, just make money. Honestly, like that's a major <laughs> I, benefit. I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that um, most people aren't realizing that. Let's say you know, I, I took this route. You know, like I started playing Tiffy League football at seven. Mm-hmm. Took my ten to the Super Bowl. You know, first Super Bowl since the seventies. Very uh, high athletic yeah. individual, mm-hmm. right? But I'm I'm doing this at eight nine mm-hmm. on the weekends. Like I'm I'm out. My parents took me. I'm at football games, yeah. baseball. I did football, baseball, track, mm-hmm. um, tennis, golf. Like played the flute, clear. I did every type of sport and extracurricular activity that you could possibly do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like those are all good things. You know, I have, you know, good memories from those things. But uh, 
I couldn't put the time where I actually was the most interested in the whole time doing football, mm-hmm. tech. But at the time, people that looked like me, there were no programs, right? Yeah. It wasn't popular to be interested in computers, right? Mm-hmm. It was more popular to try to make it in the NFL. Exactly. And even when I was a, as I was younger, I'm in class, you know, and people, my teacher, we had to do a report of uh, what you wanted to be when you grew up. Everybody had like one or two things. I had a full poster <laughs> of things. I'm talking about 50 different things. Yeah. And my teacher's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, why? Why? Like my dad told me I could do anything. Mm-hmm. So why are you telling me that I can't? I didn't get very young age. My dad was like, yo, you can do anything you want to do. Like literally anything. He was telling me like, yo, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And I took that like literally and yeah. for everything. But I mean, if you young and you learn how to code, like you put two years, think about it. You ain't got no overhead. Right? You got a computer, you got internet, mm-hmm. you got to worry about rent. Your parents are taking care of that, right? <laughs> yeah. So you really have your own mm-hmm. like, like workshop in your room or wherever you are. If you have a computer and exactly. and, and internet, or if you have access to it, mm-hmm. if you put two years, two to three years to learn how to code, that's all you're doing. So after you get out of school, you coding. You probably go outside and play, but you come back coding. Yeah. Or whatever it is, tech related. Within a two three year span, you almost look. You're almost an expert. Mm-hmm. Subject matter expert. I think you could be a subject matter expert. Oh, definitely, definitely. Within t- we two see or three it all years, the time. yeah, you have prodigies. So you know, but at that, you take that same two or three years in Tiffy League, uh, junior basketball, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. You're not an expert mm-hmm. in basketball. You're not an expert in football to the point to where you could go play. In the NFL. When I say mm-hmm. expert, you know, to the point that we can play in the NFL, right. play in the NBA. You're not playing the NBA at 12. You're mm-hmm. not playing in the NFL at 12. Mm-hmm. Still got to go to high school, college, right? Exactly. And then try out for the NFL. Mm-hmm. But if you learn how to code or you're in the tech field and you make a product at 12, you can immediately get compensated. Immediately. Immediately. And support your whole family while still going to school. Mm-hmm. I think that's the information that people really don't understand. Like you really mm-hmm. can change change your life. You really can get payments. You really, you know, and then with so much technology, you getting payments. You can you can actually start a company with your family mm-hmm. at twelve years old, putting everyone on to where your mom and dad don't even have to work no more. Now exactly. they're working with you exactly. to help build, you know, the family legacy. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, technology gives you that. People need to see it. And they need to see it. Yeah. Because I mean, like, I think, you know, if I want to build a house and I don't know how to build a house, mm-hmm. I got to go buy lumber. I have to go get, you know, architecture <laughs> plans. I got to get things approved. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but if I want to build an app and I have a computer and the internet, I can do that. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure is there. That's all you need. A laptop. <laughs> <That's> all, <laughs> and the wheel. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, having that mm-hmm. mentality and, and families understanding, like, your, your, the answer to your financial troubles, you know, is it either within you or your offspring. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing it, you can position your family to exactly. get into the right spot and change the the, mm-hmm. the narrative of your family's financial status. Mm-hmm. So what you think about, like, providing that environment to where these prodigies can actually grow and develop? I think um, with 
remote work mm-hmm. and infrastructure of the cloud gives us the ability to create a cloud-based environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you know it can be interactive if it's you know everyone in, in one space in, in close proximity to each other. But I mean, kids play online all the time, so I think providing an environment. I mean, we could spin up a cloud. Mm-hmm. Right now, like after, right after this podcast, <laughs> right, or right. Azure Desktop, right. and give kids a platform to communicate, and you know, set up a Microsoft Teams for them to communicate, and and provide that that initiative. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's there. Mm-hmm. I just think the guidance, you know, for them seeing someone that probably looks like someone that they want to be, right, that can see themselves in, mm-hmm. is the key. Because exactly. you can't come talk to kids without, you know, getting to an area that they're interested in mm-hmm. and showing them things that they want to see. Mm-hmm. When they see, you know, rappers, they seeing things that they want to see. <laughs> NBA players, like they see things that they yeah. want to see. I think if you want to really reach them, you have to, you know, provide that same value. Yeah. I want to uh, talk about um, some some more some more tech stuff and and specifically like. Blockchain. So, from the development side to the security side, and then let's let's follow up with decentralized identities. Oh yeah, because <laughs> they need to know what decentralized identities are. I think that's like mm-hmm. that's the future of mm-hmm. of how we uh, authenticate and keep our data. Mm-hmm. I think people need to understand. You know, let's you know let's talk about decentralized identities. Right now, everything is centralized. Mm-hmm. You look at your Okta, you look at Ping identity. Yep. You know, Active Directory. Things are have centralized identity. Exactly. Meaning that, you know, if you have one source to control the identity uh, structure of an mm-hmm. organization or enterprise mm-hmm. and what decentralized identity is doing, mm-hmm. which is something big, um, is is allowing individuals to maintain their identity, mm-hmm. maintain their data and only approve the requests that are needed. Mm-hmm. And at a specific scope. So I'll give you an example, right? So mm-hmm. you go to a club, you know, mm-hmm. usually you have the bouncer, 18 and up, 21 and up club. Mm-hmm. Bouncer's asking you, hey, are you over 21 or, or are you over 18? Yeah. Right? So usually, guess what you what you give? Your ID, right? Right. Now, your ID has more information than your age. It has where you are, your height, you know, your full name, everything, right? Mm-hmm. They, they only need to know your name and if you are old enough to get into the club. Exactly. They don't even know where you're from. They don't even know what, yeah, your address. You know, they don't even know all that, right? Yeah. So, decentralized identity gives you a platform to where you can request mm-hmm. that specific information at that specific scope. Mm-hmm. And because you're the owner of that data, you can approve or deny that request. Mm-hmm. So, the bouncer at this point in time, given this scenario and platform, mm-hmm. would request you know access to your verified name and date of birth. Mm-hmm. And if it is over the limit that it needs to be, mm-hmm. then you're allowed access to the club. Yeah, game change. That's fire. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, um, what are your what are your thoughts on like where that's going to take us in the future? I feel like it's going to take us far. I feel like you got way more control over your data. I feel like right now, um, a lot of these big tech companies they collect so much data on you, and they sell this information to other people, other organizations, and you don't get compensated at all for the data that you provide. Yeah. So I feel like us as people, we need way more control than we have right now over our identity, our data in general. 
Like that's so very important. Like they're profiting off of us and we're not receiving any compensation, you know, <laughs> at all. Yeah. So yeah, just come down to like having more control over everything that's pertaining to you. Like even coming down to like your decentralized wallets, like the financial system. Okay. They have complete control over your finances at any given point. They can freeze your bank account and you can't do nothing about it. So like I think it's important for people to have more control over all their assets. Like it's no reason why the powers that be have complete control over everything you do. They can just shut you down whenever they want. Yeah. So yeah. this this is gonna change the game entirely. And I mean hardware wallets, mm-hmm. right? You have your private your private key that yeah. you can control how you access your wallet. Mm-hmm. Um I think, you know, the simple um, choice of sending an asset that you own mm-hmm. and sending it directly to a person or entity that needs it, right, mm-hmm. without any discretion from mm-hmm. any third party is pretty, it's a different space, right? right. Because if you want to, you know, buy a house right now or get a loan, you have to provide so much information. Exactly. Right? And now... Platforms are being set up to where you could purchase a home using crypto. Mm-hmm. You can get a loan, you know, which is, I would say, yeah. with a smart contract. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, a smart contract is basically a code that helps you uh, complete specific tasks. Mm-hmm. And you can codify what happens after those tasks are completed, whether exactly. it's, you know, giving other parties money mm-hmm. or other things like that. So. I just want to make sure, you know, as we're explaining these topics, things that may be a little bit confusing, we're able to kind of uh, explain a, a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely look these terms up. I definitely. think this is is really good to look these terms up definitely. and uh, familiarize yourself with this. So decentralized identity right now, look that up. Um, wallets. Wallets. Yeah. So every every household should know what a decentralized identity is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hardware wallet. Yeah. Um, understand what crypto is mm-hmm. um, and and have some assets in crypto uh, and understand how to use de- like DeFi systems, mm-hmm. decentralized finance. Stables, stable coins. Stable coins, what, yep. uh, USDC? Yep. All right. They need to know these terms. So mm-hmm. I think it's important that we kind of break that down um, because, I mean, you know, people are, are now only kind of familiar with certain mm-hmm. centralized uh, blockchain applications that allow you to right. transfer currency and, and not necessarily the decentralized platforms. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important that they uh, understand that. Definitely. I want to switch back to a good topic, man. Um, energy security. So I do cybersecurity, mm-hmm. which is for those who don't know, it's uh, protecting information in the mm-hmm. cloud, on premise, things of that nature at a high level. I know my cybersecurity communities, but like it's way more than that. It, it is a lot more than that, but I'm just trying to simplify it. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a lot of people talk about energy security. Mm-hmm. So we do, you know, in, in my line of work, majority, I, I, I look at ways that we can protect data. Right. So these are things that are most critical to an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the flip side, energy is most critical to a human. Mm-hmm. Right, so the energy that you need to fulfill your day, the emotions that you need to support, you know, things that may happen throughout the day. I feel like there are not a lot of people focusing on protecting their positive energy, and have systems in place to convert negative energy into positive energy 
to help fulfill whatever they need to do in their life. Exactly. So the term energy security, uh, let's <laughs> coin that because yeah. this is the first time I'm hearing that. So um, how would you kind of frame up what you do at a high level to secure your energy and, and protect your energy? Um, I think it comes down to like the environment on that, man. Like okay. I feel like you don't want to be hanging around you know, certain people that's going to affect your energy in a negatively way, like a okay. negative way. Um, I feel like you got to just really provide that environment to where you're not, you know, like around certain things that are going to affect you and like have you in a very like bad emotional state because it can affect your everyday life, like your work, like um, interacting with your peers, your family, like negative energy can cause you to not want to do those things and like be like distant and you want to be engaged you know you want your family to like feel loved and supported and you want to be able to do your work effectively every day and if you're in a negative state of mind because your energy is messed up this is going to be difficult to do all those things so protecting your environment and your energy so that you can continue to do things at a high level i think is is very important I agree. I think it's important to have that that self-assessment mm -hmm. to understand um, when you are in a, a happy state, mm -hmm. you know, in, in life, who's around you. And when you are feeling bad or, mm -hmm. you know, aggravated, who's causing the aggravation? Exactly. And understanding, like, are you aggravated because it's in a, you know, a cause and effect thing to where you you know you're doing something and the other person's doing something mm -hmm. and then after they do that then you're sad or you you mm -hmm. you know you're depressed yeah, exactly and then figuring out ways to help address those areas mm -hmm. to where either you're not around them or you're not participating in the cycle that results in you feeling that way mm -hmm. and I think that it's it's power in isolation it's power in doing saying no exactly you know saying no to people that may put you into a situation that you don't want to be in. Exactly. Or, you know, an environment that doesn't mm -hmm. no longer serves you. Mm -hmm. And I think our people need to understand that. I think everyone needs to understand uh, how well they need to present themselves mm -hmm. and preserve themselves. Exactly. Right? Because there's only one you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't treat yourself right, mm -hmm. then how can you expect someone else to? Exactly. I think a big thing, too, is like, Understanding that every problem is not your problem. Like as you coming up, <laughs> like people gonna be hitting you up. Like, hey, I need this, I need that, and if you're not in a position to provide that, just say no. Like, cause you don't want to give what you don't have, or you know, just just give something and you know it's gonna put you in a position where you're not comfortable. So that's what like, you already said. Like saying no, like yeah. it's so important. Just say no. I, I think people put like a a negative notation mm -hmm. on on saying no or not saying yes right mm -hmm. because growing up you know people actually do something if you say no like oh man you can't help me you know it's like exactly. oh man you know yeah. and it's not like okay well this person can't help me who else can mm -hmm. or do i even need help because sometimes i've been in situations where you know i was contacted a lot to mm -hmm. provide for you know, other people. Mm -hmm. And when I actually start doing the work, it's just like, they could have did it, but 
they just didn't put themselves in a position to do it. Exactly. Like I really wasn't needed here, but I was in a scapegoat because they didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so you you definitely hit the nail on the head as you were talking about, um, you know, just really saying no. Mm-hmm. Like in, in ways, it's a lot of ways you can say no. Mm-hmm. You can really assess, like, can I do this right now? Mm-hmm. If I'm typing a paper and you asking me to go out and this paper due in like four hours, I can't go. If I'm just getting on and you asking me to give you a long, like a lump sum of money, mm-hmm. and I know if I do that, it's going to put me right back where I started. Exactly. No. It's like, it's, it's simple. Mm-hmm. And I think if everyone understands that you know, a village isn't just one strong person mm-hmm. and a, a lot of weak people. Mm-hmm. It's a strong group of people. Exactly. Right? Engineers, you know, before, you know, a lot of uh, co- co- uh, colonial type of mm-hmm. uh, colonization, I mean, you were measured how smart you were based on how well you raised your village. Mm-hmm. How smart, how were, how were you able to Raise up the conscious level and the execution level of the people around you. Mm-hmm. That's how smart you are. Mm-hmm. Taking these complex terms for tech exactly. and and advocating them in a more palatable type of you know format. Mm-hmm. I think that's where our power is. In addition to these other things, mm-hmm. so I, I think those are some good some good things that we we drop. Exactly. So, what other? Um, I, I would say from a tech perspective, we talk about you know blockchain. Uh, DeFi, we talked about decentralized decentralized identity. Mm-hmm. We didn't touch on blockchain security, though. Yeah, we did. So, um, what, maybe what, a month ago, mm-hmm. there was a hack, $30 million yeah. was stolen. Mm-hmm. One line of code. Exactly. So, I, I think it's important for uh, you know, these NFT projects coming out, uh, decentralized applications coming out, mm-hmm. that they really understand uh, the components of what it takes to secure their their projects, exactly, and uh, the steps that they need to take to provide that level of security. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's some a lot of different uh, some emerging companies providing these services. Mm-hmm. One is Amaran Securities, uh, you know, and also uh, a lot of other companies mm-hmm. that help you secure these decentralized applications mm-hmm. um, and smart contracts. And I, I don't think people are really paying attention. Why why do you think like security wasn't really just added in a lot of these projects? Because I feel tech like um so the blockchain is still new, honestly. And I feel like with any new technology comes vulnerabilities. So I feel like we got a lot of engineers just building products and they don't even understand like how to secure the applications. They just writing the code and just pushing it to prod, you know? They're not actually taking the time to figure out like what they're doing is exposing, you know, exposing them to financial loss, honestly. Because having insec- <clears throat> like non-secure smart contracts, you can lose millions of dollars. Like we see this time and time again. Like in the past year, <laughs> there's been hacks for multi-millions, and it's just like it's not being stopped. Like I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I think you know. Common uh, security best practices definitely are not mm-hmm. being followed, and uh, it, you know, brings it back to how a lot of other things start off. Right, mm-hmm. first step is getting it created, mm-hmm. and a lot of people think security second. 
Um, so hopefully, um, if you are seeing this and you do have some projects, you, you reach out to us <laughs> to uh, help you secure your, yeah. your smart contracts and, and projects. Um, I, I think, you know, some other topics that, that definitely came up uh, that I want to talk about is more more along the lines of okay let's let's kind of revert back to you know first year or you trying to you, you know you're thinking about breaking into tech so like if you can go back in time mm-hmm. and, and like talk to yourself and say hey look uh, you're about to break into tech approach it like this what would you like say to yourself how to break things down into a process okay so where it's like digestible to the point where you can actually complete it effectively. Like I feel like I was just jumping into things and I didn't understand like how to map things out and sequential like process. And I feel like I just started learning that about two years ago. <laughs> but once it's like once I learned that, it's like everything be started to become easier. And I was able to break problems down in a way where like I was able to figure out like a solution in a faster rate. Okay. And when I was coming in, I feel like I didn't know how to do any of that. And then um, I feel like engineers in general, they should understand agile as well. Like agile is so important. Like like figuring out like what tasks you got to work on, um, you know, backlog, grooming, like refinement, being able to actually like research and, you know, figure out like what works needs to be done to actually solve a specific like feature or a bug. Um, like I, I've been doing that a lot lately, honestly. Um, on a couple of my contracts, so I feel like understanding how to break problems down into a process to where you can, you know, find a solution in a quick, you know, in a quick way, and also um, being able to research. People That's don't key. take the time like to actually <laughs> research. That's key. Yeah. That's key. I, I think that's real key because I mean, on average. At least I'm up at 5.30 mm-hmm. researching. And I'm not saying you have to be up at 5.30, but I'm up at 5.30 researching yeah. articles, studying how to implement things, and, and showing that consistency. Mm-hmm. At 10,000 hours, Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. 10,000 hours to master your craft. And I, I think when people either are approaching or let's say they, they get a job you know, mm-hmm. somewhere, they they stop. They stop their researching. They stop, you know, trying to execute. And like you said, breaking things down into a process. Because literally, an application is just a multitude of tasks sequenced in a specific way to help get a desired end result. Right. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Someone mapped out exactly the tasks it would take to provide a solution Mm -hmm. and codified it. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. So that that logic, logical thinking, mm-hmm. is something that you know we need to constantly like strive on, because it can apply to so many different verticals, whether it's finance, your finances, mm-hmm. whether it's your physical health, right. and you know, speaking of physical health, uh, I, I make a comment. It's really important that you take the right types of foods exactly into your body mm-hmm. to, to help support the the lifestyle that you're trying to live right right because you know taking the right herbs taking the right uh you know foods mm-hmm. to really help support 
the 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 brain functionality exactly. that's needed to perform at that high level. Mm-hmm. Like you're not finna run a uh you know a a ten mile run. You're not gonna eat a, a hamburger minutes before you go run. Exactly. Gonna cramp up. You gonna cramp up. Mm-hmm. If you real sick, you're not gonna make. You're not gonna go eat a hamburger to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. You're gonna eat a soup, specifically vegetable soup. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think it's important for people to kind of scope out a few things. I'm not saying that you have to, you know, go vegan or anything like that. Uh, I I went vegan um, mm-hmm. about seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And I did see a, a lot of changes to help support mm-hmm. uh, kind of where I wanted to be mentally. Yeah. But I think it, it's, it's imperative. I think it goes hand in hand Definitely. with what we need to kind of support. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I feel like providing your body with the necessary nutrients it needs can like really help you in your everyday life. So I went plant based about six years ago, and I feel like that changed my entire life. Like the way I was thinking, the way I was moving was just completely different. Mm-hmm. I feel like me providing that the environment for my body, um, I was able to think way more clear than I ever had. Like I was just a lot more focused. Okay. About you know my goals like when I when I um wasn't vegan, um I was drinking a lot. I was playing football, <laughs> <laughs> going to every party. Yeah. But um I just felt like I needed to change. Like I didn't I didn't like the direction I was going in, and I felt like me going plant based would help you know guide me to where I really wanted to be, and I felt like I just needed that lifestyle change and. I just started feeling way more better, like emotionally, mentally, like spiritually, all that, just by providing my my body with, you know, natural foods that it needs to to thrive. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone has a Ferrari mm-hmm. in their body. Um, and everyone knows, you know, mm-hmm. you got you have to put premium. Yep. Right? Got to. If you put, you know, sugared water in the gas tank. Can't function. It's not gonna function. <laughs> Ketchup, you're yeah, not. It's not gonna. It doesn't exactly. take that. Exactly. And your body's the same way. The certain elements that it needs to mm-hmm. to thrive. Mm-hmm. Now it can run. It's it's built to run on you know taking other things, but uh, I think that it's important to maybe take a look at that. And if you're serious about elevating your life to a different level, um, maybe looking at that as a potential way to help kind of move things in the right direction. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, we're not trying to force anything on anyone. Yeah. We want you to make your own choices. Uh, we're just sharing our experiences. So Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think a major thing, too, like <laughs> me going plant-based is I don't get as sick as I used to. I used to get oh. sick all the time. And yeah. now it's like I barely get sick. I, I agree. Uh, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, it's important for people to, you know, take health seriously. Definitely. And uh if they want to minimize and increase their immune system, mm-hmm. take the right things to, mm-hmm. you know, make that more more plausible, you know? Definitely. So I, I think, no, those are all good points. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to kind of get back into, uh, you know, delivery and mindset and in the tech field. We had a conversation yesterday, which we can only talk about uh, your presentation. Mm-hmm. How do you present your work, specifically in the tech field? So um, a lot of times... Your work will speak to leadership before they even get to know who you are. Exactly. 
So um, I want to talk about how important it is to make sure that not only your work is at a high level, when I say high level, executed well, uh, minimal mistakes, things of that nature, but how you present it to be reviewed. Mm-hmm. And like your presentations that you create, how will you follow up with with meetings? How will you uh, communicate in conversations to leadership? Can you talk uh, transparently and clear to C-level leadership as well as your technical peers? Mm-hmm. Is there a difference in between how well people understand what is it that you're trying to advocate? Mm-hmm. And if there if there is, how well can you adapt to those you know adversity? Right. Uh, you know, situations where adversity arises, right? How well mm-hmm. do you adapt to that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important because, I mean, everyone can, I think, uh, you know, attest to these comments that if you go into, you know, Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Hermes and you buy something from yeah. these type of brands, right? Mm-hmm. The experience is different. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, things are coming in a box. You can sit down and relax, mm-hmm. you know? And if you go to other places that maybe offer a, a same, a similar item, right, mm-hmm. but not the same brand, exactly. it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. And if you're providing top-level experiences mm-hmm. to different organizations and they notice that and see that, you're preparing yourself for greatness. Exactly. Because everyone wants to know, you know, how, is, how does it feel after you make your first million dollars? But they're not preparing themselves when they make their first hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, however you get, however you are, you know, when you're a thousandaire, mm-hmm. that's how you're going to be when you're a millionaire. Exactly. So if you present yourself the proper way, mm-hmm. have the proper habits in place, mm-hmm. uh, and consistency, and just, you know, attention to detail, mm-hmm. I think you'll go a long way. Mm-hmm. Can you touch on, like, on that as well? Yeah, Definitely. I feel like it come down to the packaging, really. Okay. Like being able to package your solution in a very presentable way. Like I feel like oftentimes people, you know, do the work, like it works, it's done, but you don't present it into, you know, a visual appealing way hmm. where they enjoy that experience. Like I feel like that's the missing piece, honestly. A lot of us can do the work, but can we present it? Hmm. I think that's a good that's a good topic and good way to respond to that mm-hmm. because you know twenty people probably can do the same job, mm-hmm. but how do they communicate what they did? Mm-hmm. How does it look? What's the flow? Exactly. And I, I feel like it's the same thing as uh, you know look at operating systems like mm-hmm. uh, Mac and Windows. The presentation is different. Mm-hmm. One may be suitable to another fan base, and the other may be suitable to a different community. Mm-hmm. But it's a niche. Exactly. And you have luxury brands that that get the the niche because some people want mm-hmm. whatever the best that you have. That's yeah. what I want. And some people have that mentality, right? And so I think on the flip side, whatever is your best, mm-hmm. providing providing your best practice because mm-hmm. this is a practice. Mm-hmm. You're, you're working. You're trying to you know get your feel for the environment for for the position that you're working in at that point in time. Yeah. And if you're not providing your best, then I don't think you're setting yourself up to continuously provide, you know, a one product mm-hmm. outside of that. So I think those are some good, some good topics. Definitely. Um, any, I mean, what else 
I think we did we cover it all. I mean, I feel like we covered a lot of ground on the first episode. Yeah. I feel like we talked about a lot of different things. Just to give you guys like an example of who we are and kind of what we're doing in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we we do so much. We talk all the time, but I feel like we we do so much. Yeah. Uh, this is really the first time that we've kind of shown the world, so to speak, of exactly. kind of let, let people in to kind of what we're doing. Exactly. Um, any any comments on that or what? The time is now, honestly. This all year. Yeah. And I feel like the world needs to know like about us, what we do, because I feel like it's going to help so many people. That representation. Yeah. I think it will. A lot mm-hmm. of conferences we go to, we don't see, uh, you know, representation yeah. similar to what we can provide. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, we need to humanize ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's okay to make mistakes. Exactly. It's okay not to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's, you know, it's noted that we need more representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and stop separating ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that, we can create safe space spaces for ourselves, but I think we need to start, you know, uh, being more open minded in terms of our collaboration, right. and and understand that um, we can do anything mm-hmm. that we put our minds to. Exactly. I mean, a few years, you know, not a few years, but a few centuries ago, if you had an idea and you looked like either of us, you weren't able to uh, present that idea to get a patent. Facts. And and now that's has has been removed, mm-hmm. and uh, there should be a long line in the patent office, mm-hmm. right? Everybody right. should be trying to create some things. Exactly. And I think we're starting to get on the train now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you look at things, man, we like second, third generation post slavery, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So psychologically, we're kind of coming out of. Uh, an, an area to where we're, we have more access to information. Mm-hmm. We're able to understand like our history, mm-hmm. um, and we're able to present ourselves a certain way to where we can um, elevate not only ourselves but others around us. Exactly. I definitely, you know, enjoyed this conversation. Man, I think this is going to definitely help a lot of people. I agree. Um, I, I think that we we touched a lot of ground, mm-hmm. and. Uh, let us know. Let us know how we did. Um, let us know what you want to see more of. Mm-hmm. Again, we definitely will be talking about more tech-related items. Um, and again, how to get it popping. How to get it popping. Right? And, and what is that, that? Before we leave, can we leave with a saying like, <laughs> what does what getting it popping mean yeah. to, to to us and and how we, how we use it in comparison to probably how it's used in general? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think for me personally... Getting popping, getting it popping is getting stuff done. Essentially, like you, you have a goal, and you just execute, like just executing consistently, just to get that done. That's getting it popping. Yeah, doing what you said you was going to do. If you say you're going to do something, doing it, creating a plan, mm-hmm. no excuses, getting it pop. Like if you if you have an <laughs> excuse to why you didn't do something, uh, then you may not be getting it popping. <laughs> but uh, if you understand, yeah. let's say you you know you have an excuse, you know, but you don't learn from it, mm-hmm. you don't change how you execute based on you not executing prior, then you know you need to change that method and start getting it popping. Start doing what you need to do. 
every day. No excuses. So we just put that energy in the in the atmosphere and uh, showing representation mm-hmm. and doing what we say we're going to do. I mean, mm-hmm. you probably don't see individuals looking like us in the tech field, maybe dressed the way we're, we're dressed in different styles and whatnot. But we're here to uh, show you that, I mean, you can be yourself exactly. and still present uh, quality work, still provide um, quality and uh, above average presentations to, uh, you know, complete different jobs or different organizations. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, you know, very, it, it needs to be shown mm-hmm. and it needs to, uh, people need to understand that. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, we want to definitely thank you for tuning in with this uh, on, uh, you know, how to get it popping, uh, a new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone.